Salvation Solutions, where we believe in um, building wealth, maintaining health, and overcoming poverty. Poverty. Still working on that. You good. Still working you, you on that. It. I want to put that out there so bad. You're going to get it. By the end of this series, we're going to get it. I don't know. It. <laughs> uh, I am Aviance. Yeah. I'm Aramis. I'm Brother Damaris. Okay, so today we have received the great news uh-huh. of America yeah, yeah. that we have a new president, which is Biden, and the first black Indian woman mm-hmm. for a vice president, Kamala Harris. So, how do we feel about. All of the people on the street got no confetti celebrating. Around. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of poppers. We don't got nothing. I mean, I mean, it, it's you know, it depends on your perspective. I think. I think it begins be, begins with where you see and how you see, uh, first and foremost, Black America mm-hmm. benefiting, and how you see it affecting Black America, and then you 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 look at it from how it's going to affect America as a whole. You know, uh, as y'all know, for me, the bottom line for black America is reparations and, and, and us being granted what we should be uh, what we should be in possession of already. You know, uh, but, you know, it, you know, for me, it was, you know, either way for me, to be honest with you. I mean, either way. I mean, I mean, neither one of them are really <laughs> focused on black America. Neither one of them um, will do, you know, the things that we need them to do for black America to the degree that they need to happen. Um when it comes to the uh, racism thing that people are really saying, well, Trump has got to be, well, guess what? I mean, Biden's a racist too. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he's proven his racist aspects as well. So, you know, to me that, you know, that, that cancels out, you know, um, I will, I will say this democratically, the Democrats have shown more of a propensity to, you know, um, do for the poor and needy in, in a way than the Republicans have, you know, even though they, it's not that they don't, but Democrats have more a propensity to, you know, and so that could benefit um, America in, in a sense, but it's more of a uh, minority thing. And really one of the things that I think is insulting to black America is to group um, black America in with all the other minorities that they group us in with, right? So I don't think any other minority uh, people group have went through what black America has gone through or has um, contributed to the development of America than black, that black America has. So don't group me with that other, with them. I'm granted, give them what they need to have, mm-hmm. but give us what we need to have first and give us our portion. You can't give me 10% or the same proportion that you would give them because that's just not just because they haven't endured and went through the things that we've went through. So that's the only downside to the Democrats, Dem- Democrats propensity to do for the uh, minorities is they say, okay, well, we're going to put them all in one pot, one pile. And we're going, instead of giving black America a hundred percent of what they should get. Now we got to share and divide out equally with other minority groups that shouldn't even be mentioned and no disrespect to those minority groups, but they shouldn't even be in the same category as black America, just based upon what black America has contributed and what black America has suffered, you know? So, you know, the celebration, I mean, okay. If, if that's where you are, praise so God. I, I was thinking about this. So would you take in, in, in the form of reparations, would you take the uh, tax breaks that every other minority or immigrant gets when they come to this country they get, I think they get tax breaks for like 10 years or something yeah. like that. Right. They get all types of grants available to them for, to start businesses right. um, or, or any schooling that they need, they need to go to, they get grants and help for that too. Would you take that package as 
reparations for black America? No. Why not? Because that's not even coming close to the economic impact that black America has had on America from the time we got here in slavery right on up until today. It don't even come close to it. Like, like, so biblically speaking, and um, again, we're here to talk about the book. We're, you know, we're days away from having, um, I had to hang up with the cover. I didn't like something they did with the cover. So I had that, you know, took a couple again? of days. Second again, time? Yeah, again. Second, second time, right. Tip time. So, um, but. <laughs> Keep changing the hoodies, I mean. I mean, I mean hey, we just never know what's going on here. Right, got to be right. It's got to be what I want. So um, the, the impact that um, the Bible would have on reparations, Technically, strictly, biblically speaking, reparations was granted to the individual households. Now, I know there's some debate within black America and those who believe we should have reparations and how it should be administered to black America. And that's fine. I mean, they can have that debate. But biblically speaking, reparations, each individual family was granted reparations directly to them. Monetary reparations. In, their, in, in, in Israel's day, Obviously, the reparate, I mean, the uh, the monetary value was in gold and silver, right? And 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 in fine linen. The Bible says they demanded from Egypt gold, silver, and fine linen. So they were given that directly to the families, individual families. So I I, I believe there's a place for reparations to be granted to the individual families of the um, African American descendants of slaves, right? Um, but then also, I think there's a a level of that reparations that should be granted out to the nation as a whole because you do have some black uh people here in america now who aren't direct descendants of slaves but they've been here long enough to where they've endured some of the um oppression some of the economic exclusion some of the marginalization and the redlining so that they deserve a degree of reparations as well so i believe there's a portion of it that should be directed to the descendants of slaves. There should be a monetary payout. But then also there should be something along the lines of what you said. I like Dr. Claus Anderson's um, idea of creating uh, national black banks so that black banks now can black America can now go to these black banks and get what he would call low interest loans to start businesses. Right. And so that's just part of the plan. Uh, Dr. William Darity has some great ideas and Claude Anderson. Those will be the two people that I personally know. I'm not, I'm not this, I'm sure there's more that I personally know of that have um, great ideas on how reparations ought to be um, distributed to black America. But to just accept, you know, uh, you know, a temper, a 10 year tax break or 10% tax break, whatever they give to the, you know, immigrants that come in is it, not even, I mean, we're talking $20 trillion is, is I mean, and, and, I mean, to at least minimum. It's a little bit of money. Right. Yeah. And, and, and if you spread that out, you spread out over a 10 year period, it's doable. Like we finna like one of the things that's, that, that black folk might be celebrating with Biden in the house now mm-hmm. is we finna get a stimulus package. That's going to be, ah. <laughs> it's going to be a stimulus package. That's going to be, that's going to be grandiose. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so they celebrate, they might be celebrating that as well, but, but if they can, if they can come up with the money for the stimulus package, you know, for this, this, they can come up with the money. That's not an issue. Well, I don't know if they give black America, uh, uh, $20 trillion, we may want to, you know, buy our own Island or something and get out of here. Well, Cause apparently we're still not welcome here anyway. I mean, so. that, I mean, that's a thought, but that's a thought. <laughs> but I mean, I, again, uh, Dr. Claude Anderson is someone who I highly esteem and, and, and he's of the notion that, uh, we're American. Like, like the, the whole, the whole label of African American, he said, don't let them call you that. Don't let them call you that. We are native black Americans. We're native blacks, right? Like 
no, no disrespect. My, my ancestors came from Africa, but I was born here. I'm a native. And they do that strategically. They do that strategically to alienate us and to separate us by calling us African-Americans. No, I am a, I am a native born black American with, with, with ancestors that are of African descent. Right. And I acknowledge that and I recognize that and I see that and I embrace that. Mm -hmm. But but don't try to uh, uh, stigmatize me or separate me for your own personal gain. Like when it comes down to, you know, who gets what or how, how, you know, whether or not you're a minority, whether or not you counted in as this um, as a citizen in, in this department, you know, whatever they do behind the scenes. But for them to label us African-American has a, has, has a significance that most black folks don't even realize. So we have to see that and we have to understand that. We have to recognize that, that, yeah, we got, we got a, a, a 46, is it? 46, 45, 46 president, um, uh, Joe Biden. Okay. What's next? Right. <laughs> like what's next? Right. For black America, like one of the things that we go into in the book, is the role of the black church and the role of black America, right? And the role, and I'm gonna start with the black church first. Our role as a black church is first and foremost, is to galvanize our people. Galvanize our people and then begin to train and teach our people. First thing, we need to teach them about history and our heritage. I saw a post this past week in, on Instagram that talked about one of the most powerful things slavery did in the minds of black people is to get them to forget about what we were prior to slavery. Forget about how great of a people we were prior to slavery. Mm -hmm. Forget about how, how we were the first people to develop and modernize and, and, and be leaders in math and, and technology and building pyramids and all. Forget about the monarchs and the, and the hundreds and the thousands of kings and queens that come out of our lineage and our heritage. Mm -hmm. The one thing slavery did was, was, was to cause us to forget about that. Right. But the, I believe the black church, should, our, one of our roles should be to galvanize our black Americans and put put that in them, make them to realize that you don't come from and slavery is not where we started. Right. It's just an interruption to where we're going. It's just an interruption. It's just been a 400 year interruption to where to where God has taken us as a people. Right. So that's the first thing about the black church, we should be very specific in, in training and teaching our black believers in black America about their true heritage before slavery. And then we should be teaching them salvation, right? The conclusion of the matter was, and y'all know this, that the Bible says that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Romans 1 and 6, right there on the screen. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. Salvation is the conclusion of the matter for God. What's salvation? Wealth creation, health maintenance, wholeness, deliverance, and protection. That's what we should be teaching our people, right? Philippians says we should, the second chapter, we should uh, uh, learn to work out your own salvation. Like salvation got to be worked out. Like we got to teach our people how to work out our salvation. Our focus should be wealth creation, mm -hmm. right? Like, and wealth creation through your gifts and your calling. Wealth creation through your gift and your calling, right? That, that's the gifting, administrative gifting, musical gifting, like creativity gifting. We all have a cre creative ability to, to, to do things that'll enable us to make, then we got to make money, then we got to manage money, then we got to know how to multiply. And we can build a degree of wealth for our families. That should be the focus of the black church. Now, when you say to basically let our people know where we come from and, and, and educate them on that, is that something that you feel as if they are interested in? Well, whether they're interested in it or not, we should tell them. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Whether Listen, they tell, they tell kids a bunch of stuff in school now <laughs> that, that they, they don't care about. Right, right. They and teach they got to get right. high grades on it. Right. You know, so, I mean, whether, whether I believe as a church, see, see, oh, there's, there's a heritage in the Bible 
that's been that's been looted by white America. Like when I make this, I think I made this statement two podcasts ago. Europeans hijacked everything. They even hijacked the gospel and the black influence of the gospel. Like everything from from Adam and Eve, right? It's been proven. Were black and had and had and 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 Noah and and Abraham and and Moses was married to a, a black woman and 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 it, right on down the line, Jesus had black disciples and the first church had black leadership. I mean, it's all in it's all right there, but they stripped it all out, right? So not only that black heritage or that black history, biblically speaking, but just naturally speaking, I really believe whether black children and and black men and women are interested at all in. Um, the the heritage prior to slavery, we still should talk about it. We still should teach it. I, it's just hard for me to imagine you as a black woman and me as a black man, and I'm sitting here talking about your origin and you not even care about it. I'm, I'm sure there's some folks out there, but yeah, because the thing about it is interesting that you say um, how how we grow up and the things that we have to teach and get and get good grades on. So that made me think: Why don't we have schools? For us that actually teaches us our history and the truth about us. Hence, reparations now. That's right. <laughs> and here's why. See, because we haven't had the resources to do that. That's right. Right? We haven't had Dr. Claude Anderson goes into the how he fought for years to try to get the curriculums changed throughout our country in different states. He was over the he had some impact over in Florida. When he was in Florida, he was a part of um the government in Florida. He he was looking to get the, the textbooks change, but um, the textbooks, it's a whole political thing about who produces the textbooks and who who okays textbooks are going to the schools throughout the country. It's, it's like, it's it's all a white supremacist racial, um, from, done from a white supremacist racial paradigm. Whereas, whereas you know, you got to get okay to get this book put into the public school system. Well, they don't, they only put certain kind of books in the public school system, mm-hmm. right? So they only put the stuff in the, in the public school system that they want to be in there. So once we get these reparations and we get the resources, now we can begin to build and develop our own schools, right? That's why one of uh, Dr. Anderson's methodologies is to give a, uh, a, a portion of that reparation to black banks so that we can now develop those type of institutions so that we can teach and train ourselves, right? That's one of the frat fears of white America giving black America reparations because guess what? We don't need you anymore. That's right. Now we can go on off and build ourselves up. Now what you gonna do? <laughs> now what you gonna We're do? We're not stuck building charter schools. Now right. we can build private now schools. Now we, we can yeah. build private schools. We can build private, I'm talking about, I'm talking about from, from Head Start to, to universities. Right. Right. We don't need you to ed- educate us anymore because now we have the resources to do it ourselves. So that's part of the fight. That's part of the fear that white America has in granting black America their independence. Okay, when you say fear, there has to be an ultimate fear though that white America has if black America is given these reparations or, or, or is known of the power that we have. What is the true fear that white America has? Well, I mean, that's hard to say. You can only go by what, what you hear, uh, what people might think. One of the things is, you know, they gonna, if they get enough power, they're going to turn around and do to us what we did to them, right? That's one of the things you hear out Listen, there. Listen, if, if, if I was part of jumping somebody <laughs> and I saw that dude with his boys walking down the street, I'm, I'm a little bit worried. Yeah. I'm a little bit worried. Table's my turn. Right, but the, the times are different, though. You can't do, we can't do to them what they did to us. Right. The times right. are different. So, I mean, I don't think that that they have a, to worry about that. Um, I, think, I think the fear is just, is, is they know that without black America, 
America wouldn't be what it is today, right? There's a certain, there's a certain um, degree of dependency that the rich have of the poor, right? Who's going to do the menial jobs? Who's going to do the jobs that we don't want to do? Yep. Right? So they, they have to, they have, and trust me, they'll, they'll come, that, that, that's, that's why, that's why they have immigration laws to let so many folks in. See, see, if one of the things that black folks don't understand about the immigration laws is they see, they see black America on the rise, and if they really want to get to the place to where they're independent of black America without giving us reparations. So what do they do? Let all these immigrants in. Let all the immigrants in. Just keep letting them in. Yeah. Keep letting them in. Keep giving them, keep giving them citizenship. Because now that subgroup is going to take that. There you go. Poverty. There you go. After a while, after a while, they ain't going to need black folks to do the minimal job. Right. They just give them to whatever immigrants they let them come in. Now we lose. We're losing leverage mm. in saying grant us our reparation. The only thing I love, love about that is God is on our side now. God is about this thing. Amen. I mean, God is about it. No, he's serious. Like, we talk about that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going I'm to have him say it. I'm going to go ahead and say it. <laughs> now, I, hadn't, I believe it like this. Whenever you hear something from God, it should be established. The Bible says, out of the voice of two or three witnesses, let every word be established, right? So, I say this in reference to what we were just talking about as it relates to um, the, uh, the necessity of of maintaining leverage to make the demands we need to make and how God is with us. So, you know, there was a lot of evangelicals proclaiming they heard God speak to them that Donald Trump was to be the 45th president. We can't deny that because it happened. We can't deny that. Okay. We can't deny that because it happened. Okay. But those same folks was echoing the same thing about him maintaining and being the 46th president. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. That's not happened. Right? So I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt because you was right the first time. <laughs> right. So I'm going to say, okay, Lord, I'm not going to doubt they heard you. But what went wrong? See, that's how I am. I'm going to God. I want to know because the Bible says the curse causes shall not come. Yeah. What went wrong then? If they heard from you, what happened? What did he say? I'm going to tell you what he said. <laughs> I didn't want to say it because I haven't had it established yet out of, uh, from another voice. Okay. That's why, that's why I, I like to wait, right? But prior to me asking that question, I got sent a text message. And the text message was about a particular advisor who, a particular believer, Paula White, who is an advisor. Yeah, it's all I'm going to say. It. She, put it on, she put it out there. Video. Who, who, right. They sent me that video and it said she was an advisor to the president. And me personally, I know of several other people from the faith, from the faith community, black and white, who were advisors to the president and, and members of his cabinet. Right. So I, I, I got this image in this text in my mind. And later on that evening, I go before the Lord. Lord, what happened? If they heard you, what happened? The Spirit of God said, because we didn't properly advise him. We didn't properly advise him. I said, well, what advice should he have been given? And y'all know what came to mind. He should have been taking care of my people. He didn't do it. He didn't take care of black America. See, he made a promise to black America. He did some things, but he didn't do what he supposed to have done. 
Now, the church didn't advise him in how to take care of black America. That's a problem in itself. So if we want to blame evangelicals, want to blame, you took credit for putting him in. Now you got to take credit for him not getting back in. Kanye didn't talk to him about no, <laughs> no, no, nobody, nobody's talking to him about reparation. Man, come on, Kanye. Yeah, nobody's talking to him about he that. Like sixty thousand votes too. You get yeah, that many? About that. Uh, yeah, yeah. sixty thousand. I mean, I mean, it, nobody, nobody, nobody advised them the way he, they should have advised him. He should have been advised, right? So the point is the leverage, the leverage that God has given us. Right. Like now, black America has leverage. One of the things that black America, the black church should be doing. OK, my man, we got you in here. Mm-hmm. Wayne County. Mm. Atlanta. Philly. Philly. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee. Georgia. We got you in there. We got you in there. You got four years. You got four years. No less than reparation. I, we need to see it. What's yep. the plan for reparating black America? Yep. Mm, now, do you do you you really think that it only takes four years to come up with a plan for reparations in the Man, trillions listen. of dollars? Listen, HR <laughs> forty. HR forty. HR forty is the is the is the plan that. Um, oh, I forget this brother's name. Uh, is, uh, one of the congresswomen now have taken over for for brother John Conyers. That's his name. It's been on the it's been on the docket for forty years. Right, sister done took it over. Now I can't forgive me for not knowing her name. She done took it over. The plan is in place. But man, listen, how much studying we need to do? Like we don't need to do that much studying, right? But the plan is in place. Come back in. The, come back in a year. Let us know the impact. We know what it is now. Folks been studying this stuff for years. We know the impact. We bring that out in the book. Listen, if you really want to re- reconcile Black America, but what you did to us, done to us from 1619 and and onward, you got to repent. You got to repair. Anything short of that, you're playing games. You're wasting my time. So, anything. Now we have the leverage. My man, you got four years. Sister Kamala, you got four years. Or we ain't putting you back in the seat. Point blank. It come down to us. Are we savvy enough as black America? Are we just going to shout and cry and dance over getting Trump out? And it's not just presidency too. It's it's every office that yes. that exists now. It's the Senate, governor, it's the Congress, Senate, that's it's right. the House. That's right. All that all of that matters. Yes. All that matters. Right now, the Congress is. Hopefully, they'll be able to level it, level it out and even it out. They were down two seats. No, they were down five seats prior to the election. Now they think they're only down two seats. But we got a runoff coming up in January. Yeah. So hopefully, if they can at least level it out, now you can get some stuff through. You can get some stuff through because if it's even, now the vice president becomes the final vote. Oh. Right. Now the vice president becomes the final vote. So now she, uh, Kamala can say yay or nay to a thing. Right? So they're going to be without excuse. Mm-hmm. Right. See, that should be the hope of black Americans. Even this thing out. So now you're without excuse because you got a, you got a, you got a, um, a, a even Senate and uh, a Congress. So anything you put forth going to get through because you got the, the tie-breaking yes, vote. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So now we should be saying to them instead of I shouldn't, I'm, I'm not going to bash people, but instead of, you know, the crying and, and all this stuff we're doing, as if things just going to miraculously change because we got a, a Democrat, Democrats in the House now. How many, how many times have we had Democrats in the House in the last 50 years, 40 years? And how much has changed? It's getting worse. Mm. Listen, Joe, we got you that seat, my man. Come on. What you got for us? Yeah. Democrats, we got y'all back in power. If y'all don't reparate us this time, forget about, forget about it in 24. It ain't happening. You know, so I've heard that for 2024, 
they they think Donald Trump is going to run again if he's not in jail. I think it's going to be the son. It's going to be him. You th- the son will run. Yeah, they'll put the son up. They'll put we'll the son see, up. Well, see, well, here's the thing, though. If, if it was so close with a person like Trump and a person like Biden, if it was so close in the country to divide, they may want someone that's kind of more on the fence of, 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 of how his character is, which I don't think his, I don't think his son is like him. His, yeah. I feel like his son can be easily ran over by a lot of people and right. do this because I say so, but I don't think he has the, 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 the mind strength, right. the way Donald Trump. Well, I mean, but that was, that was George W too. When he was in office, he was, he's that same type of personality. Which you mm-hmm. mean that could get run over? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's he got into office because of his family. It, Let's yeah. be honest. Well, I mean, I mean, what? Who? who the, our point is Black Americans. Whoever's in there, right, right. What's your Black agenda? I mean, we have to get to the point, and we have to unify to the point to where we say we don't care who's in office. My allegiance first is to Black America. That's not the case now. These folk you got you seeing crying on TV and doing all this other stuff and dancing and shouting in their studios. Mm-hmm. They ain't black America first. They Democrat first. <laughs> That's just what it is. That's just what it is. They Democrat first, right? Then they black America. They Democrat first. And, and I, don't, that's the, I don't have no problem. Listen, I love, listen, I'm, I'm an athlete. I'm a, I'm a professional athlete. I love going to war. I love, listen, it's 50 to nothing with a minute to go. We still playing hard. I, I don't have no problem with you fighting and being, being, being excited about your, your victory. No problem at all. But you got to be about the team first. Like, you got to be about black America first. And so your excitement now should turn from, okay, we're excited you're here, but now it's time to go to work. Well, question. The reason why I talk about 2024 is because let's say in these four four years, Biden and Harris don't do anything for black America, right? So now, so now we're saying you don't have our vote. What if the other candidate for the Republican Party is also not for black America? Is this, do you feel like this is the only time where we should really be pushing for something to happen or it's not going to happen at all? What's the difference? You just said it. If they don't do nothing for us, what's the difference if we put a Republican in there that's not going to do nothing for us? Right. But that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, like do you feel like that's this why is the now, only four that's years? Why, that's why we give them four-year window. And we got to be willing to say, we don't care if they get in there. You ain't doing nothing for us anyway. So what's the difference? But so so here so but what needs to happen in, in order for us to have that impact is we have to begin to work on the the unity aspect of it because I, I, how are we going to convince you know millions of black americans around around america to vote one party. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like you, son, you hitting the nail on the head. <laughs> That's why part of the role we go into this in the book, part of the role of the black church and black America the first thing we got to do is unite. Like, like one of the things that's happening now is they're trying to further divide the black man and the black woman. We're seeing it. It's, it's, it's starting to happen, right? You had the, the, the young lady out of Florida, um, what's her name? Pam Keith, I think it is, who came out and said the only reason that 20% of black men voted for Donald Trump is because they don't like black women. Well, why would you assume that? But that's where she is. The divide has started. Right. We talked about that last last week, I think it was on one of the podcasts where where the the universal law of divide and conquer starts is biblically speaking. You must first bind the strong man if you're going to spoil his house. Mm -hmm. They bound the black man for the last 400 years. They've limited his ability. I'm talking about as a nation. There have been individuals and they are individuals that have experienced some success in life. Yes. But as a nation, 
as a whole, we got to look at ourselves as one black man. There's been an attack upon the black man fiercely. We have to be ready now and unite now to stand for. But but we're not seeing that within America. They're trying to basically um, they've embraced the black woman and they've they've discarded the black man. Mm-hmm. What has to happen is black men got to unite and we got to be ready to fight. But at the same time, our black women got to recognize what's happening and say, no, 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 we're not going to let you do that, black man. I know he ain't been this and I know he did me like this and I know he tried to do that and I know he ain't been all that what he's supposed to be, but you're not going to do this to our black man. Mm-hmm. Right? And we got to come together and we got to stand together and we got to fight for what we should have, which is reparations now, so that we can build our economic base. That's the key to it all. Mm-hmm. The key to it all is having an economic empowerment foundation and, and so that we can now build everything we need to build for our people collectively. And, and it starts with the church and then it must trickle its way down to black America. Then, then the white church, we go into the role of the white church in that and how they should be using their voice. Then their vote, but their voice, their voice is, is solidified by their vote right now. They have no voice for black America. I was on, I was listening to, Brother Kenneth Copeland, um, he did a thing where they were, it was called something America, where they were, they were, they were showing the election results, right? And uh, they had somebody, one of the guests on said that we should fight for Donald Trump because he's fought for the American way of life for us for the past four, four years. The American way of life. What is that? <laughs> what is that? What is that? Right? That's a white supremacist way of of America operating. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. This is this is this is a major ministry in the body of Christ. People on there saying he fought for the American way. What's the American way of life in your mind, my man? Who's benefited from the from the traditional American way of life? Mm-hmm. White church has no voice for black America. That needs to change. That's why the Spirit of God spoke to me and I'm and I'm I'm I'm, I'm looking for some confirmation. We didn't advise him properly. The church didn't advise him properly. The white American church didn't advise Donald Trump properly. Imagine if they had advised him to give black America reparation. He'd still be sitting in the White House. He'd still be sitting in the White House. Absolutely. Right? But they didn't do that. Black America would be good. I don't know if folks, you know, folks on CNN, <laughs> the black folk on CNN would like it. But the point is, if they had properly advised him, said, listen, you need to get this right with black America. Like this, this is the word of God. Look, it's in the word of God. You, you, you say you believer. You say he claiming he a Christian now. And he claiming he walking around with the Bible now. But this is the word of God. It's right here. You got to reparate him. And you know, what? I'll actually confirm that I read a article where they were um, interviewing a guy who was eating M and M's and water for the past two weeks because he hasn't had any money. And he said that right now he was two months behind rent. He said, but had Donald Trump not gave me that stimulus package that that money i would be four months behind mm-hmm. rent he said and that's the reason why trump has my vote is because he gave me money in order to sustain myself so when you talk about if donald trump would have gave black america reparations oh no doubt i'm pretty sure they would have been no doubt but, but, but no doubt now you've earned our vote mm-hmm. democrats don't do nothing to get our vote they ain't done nothing to get our allegiance i shouldn't say they ain't done nothing i shouldn't say that i should minimize the things that they do but it hasn't been enough. It hasn't been the root. It hasn't, they're just hacking at the leaves. It hasn't, it hasn't went to the root cause the, from the maldistribution to the economic exclusion. 
they got to deal with it. You got to deal with it. Wasn't welfare started by the Democratic Party? Wasn't that, I mean, from- it, I, I, I think so. But, but the welfare system, you know, you know what, you know what qualified black women to be able to get welfare? The man had to be out of the house. You got to go. Black man got to go. Right. That was their beginning of. Or they can one of the major movement moves of divide and conquer, and that's kind of why I asked. I mean, you know, it, it is I'm not for either party. I'm for yeah. whoever's for me, right? Right. Amen. And 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 so this was a thought that I, that that occurred to me. So when, when, this whole time we've been talking, in, in my mind, I'm, I'm about the conclusion of the matter, right. like you, right? Amen. And so ultimately, how how do we accomplish this goal? Because if we don't have that planned out, we're talking about nothing right now, right? So in order to develop the unity that we're talking about it, you know, the, the question kind of comes up, okay, well, do we need to build someone up like one particular person as a leader and follow that leader? Or does it need to be a bunch of people that like, and this was another thought that came to me. So the, the he interrupting his own thought, like I do look at I've been with D for been 10 years now. We know. Let's not do that. Go ahead. About to show yourself now. Let's not do that. All right. Oh man. Go ahead and listen. So, <laughs> so what, what's been one of the major, uh, uh, I don't want to say revelations, but one of the major um, pop culture things that, that that we've kind of made fun of recently, the uh, Karens, you know what I mean? That has become a term. It's become, it's become an actual derogatory thing, right? And, and so one of the things that, that came to my mind when I thought about, you know, not only the term, but the people who get called that, they're, they're movers. They make moves. You know what I mean? They don't just settle for what people are telling them or what people are doing around them. If they feel something needs to change, they go start talking to people who have the power and they tell that person, look, if you don't make this change, me and my people, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get more, mm-hmm. we're going to get you out. Right. We're going to do what we got to do to put someone here who's going to do for us. And that's that's the mentality that 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 our culture has to take. I've seen too much of this and maybe just, you know, it, it's an outside perspective, but I've seen too much in black culture of, well, I'm going to just mind my own business. Yeah. I'm not going to involve myself. I'm not going to stick my neck out there. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be a hero. Don't be a hero. You know what I mean? Like a, a, a lot of that stuff comes from living in impoverished areas and having to deal with, you know, illegal activity on a regular basis. That That's honestly where, that's where I think that mentality comes from. But that's the opposite of what it's going to take to not only develop that unity, but to, to start creating that change, to start influencing and really threatening because, as, I mean, ultimately, let's be honest, we're at war, right? You need to threaten the enemy. Listen, if you don't get up out of here, something going to happen to you. Right, right. You know what I mean? But that's where it has to start. We have to have either people who are going to put someone in place to lead and be that mover, or we have to have a group of people who are ready to start being Karens and start going into offices and telling these dudes, what are you doing? Right. Me and my 50 people that standing outside the office right now ready to move. You ready to move? Because if not, we got 10 friends for each of these 50 people out here that's ready to vote. Right. No, you're right. I think uh, that's right on. We just got to figure it out. As you were talking the scripture, Psalm 133, I think we talked about it last week, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Two things take place. There, There is the anointing 
That is the burden removing, yoke destroying power. So any, any yokes or burdens that white society and white supremacy has placed upon us will be broken off. And then he says, there I command my blessing. The blessing, as we know, is designed to make you wealthy. So you got the, you got the liberty and the deliverance of the anointing, and you got the blessing that is designed to make you wealthy. If we can unify, we'll break off the yoke of white supremacy and, and the economic oppression and the red line and the market will break it off of us. And then we'll come into a place of economic wealth. But we have to unify. We have to unify. Um, one person who I've heard about that's looking to do something to that degree would be um, Puff Daddy. He's talking about, it's called our, our Black Party, I think it is, is what it's called. Um, but but he's talking about developing and raising up, you know, politicians and, and them having a black agenda. I don't know if that'll work, but some kind of way, we got to figure out how we can come together and unite enough. Unite enough. Even, even I was in a conversation this week, even if we just go to listen, we go to Detroit, we go to Milwaukee, we go to Philadelphia, because it's going to always come down to those swing states. It's going to always come down to those states, right? It's going to always come down to those states. If we can just unify in those, in those communities and say, no, we're going we to hold our vote. We're going to hold out. We're going to hold out until you promise us some things, yeah. you know? And again, we have to be willing. We have to be willing to play hardball and run the risk of saying, even if we let a Republican get in the office, we're not letting you in there because you didn't, you didn't do right by our vote. Now, now, once we get them in there, we say the same thing to them, right? Our vote, our not voting for the Democrats got you that seat. Mm. You got four years. If you don't do right, we'll put them back in. Eventually, they got a break. Eventually, they got a break, right? But that takes, that takes strong unity. Because mm -hmm. you got some black folk that's caught up in that Democratic Party. You got some black folk that's caught up in that Republican Party. Are they going to stand with you, right? So... Uh, it, it, it comes down to that. And, and really what we go into in the book is, is about the, 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 the black church being a grassroots organizer mm. of black America, being a grassroots organizer. Then you have your other grassroots organizations, you know, that, that can, can bring black America, black America together. And I just believe out of that will emerge leadership. Out of that will emerge leadership and people who we can follow and we can connect with, you know. And so once we start doing that, then I believe we're going to be in a position to leverage, to use the leverage that we have now. We have it. We just got to recognize it. Right. As far as the white church is concerned. Right. They have to they have to get to the point. Um, and it's not it's not all of them. I just came across a, another guy that, that wrote, just wrote a book called White Too Long. He goes into the white evangelical thought and how it's just got to change if we're going to see. If we're going to see, um, here, I'll give you all this, right? So I always make this statement. I always say from Genesis to Revelation, but I don't have time to go into everything. So I'm going to give you, I'm gonna give you a, um, a revelation, uh, some insight as it pertains to what happens when God grants reparation, as he's granting reparation to black America. There is this prophetic voice that we've been hearing over the, over, throughout the ages of, God's, there's going to be a mighty move of God. There's going to be a mighty, you know, there's going to be this mighty revival, right? So, so I believe one of the keys to revival in this hour, in this day, is black America being granted revelation. And so um, as I'm reading my Bible, the Lord begins to show me these things and I go to him. So one place that I went to is all the way back in Genesis, right? It's, it's the first act of oppression between man to man. The first act of oppression that took place from man to man was Cain and Abel, right? Cain oppressed oppressed his brother to the, to the highest degree in murdering him, taking away his life, right? 
How did God fix that? Who's the injured party in that case? In most cases, the injured party is the parent who's most injured. I don't believe it was designed for, for, for parents to live longer than their children. It was designed for children to outlive the parent, right? One of the worst horrific things that a parent can experience is the loss of a child. Imagine Eve's hurt and injuries from losing her son, right? You see it when she says, alas, the Lord has granted me another man. The relief that he brought to her, the repair that he brought to her. The second son, his name was Seth, right? Seth then gives birth to Enos. Then the Bible says, then men begin to call upon the name of the Lord. What is that but revival? What is that but a great awakening? What is that when men begin to seek the face of the Lord? We know what happens when you seek the face of God. He hears from heaven and he heals your land, right? We're looking for healing in the land. It begins with reparations of black America because guess what Seth names mean? It means compensation via reparation. Mm. That's what Seth names mean. I start running around the house. His name means compensation, reparation, atonement, repair, recompense. Mm. Seth means he then gives birth to Enos, which means the collective of mankind. When Seth is granted, Enoth, Enos is born. And mankind begins to seek the face of God. Mm-hmm. That's why we need to be granted reparation. Mm. It's throughout the word. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. But we as a church and the voice and the and the voice of, of the white church needs to be echoing this thing. Instead of talking about the stuff we talk about, Donald Trump has fought for the American way of life. What's the American way of life? Mm-hmm. And who's well, I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you about that. So is it is the onus on the black church first to start begin start start to you know teach right in order to bring in the black community or is it more on the onus of black believers to now inhabit the white churches and, and kind of bring about that conversation it's hmm. a great question i i think it might be it might has to happen simultaneously hmm. i think it has to be something that that we do of our own volition uh, in our own controls but at the same time it has to be something that takes place within the white church itself like there needs to be there needs to be a um, I I, I, I want to use the word integration but there needs to be an infiltration mm. right uh, a flooding so to speak um, because again integration to me it, it, it weakens your stance yeah when when you when when you when you flood or when you infiltrate now you you're actually strengthening um your position i think there needs to be an infiltration and a flooding that takes place um within the white church so to speak of black leadership first and foremost right once that begins to happen now you now you have the collective coming together you get the black church strengthening itself but then you get the white church embracing the movement and they say now we need to embrace this right we need to embrace it we cannot we cannot sweep this thing under the rug see they want to sweep it under the rug i heard then once i went from um kenneth copeland's network i then went to what to uh i think it was fox it had to be fox the way they were talking um he was saying a guy was talking about the Democratic Party being stuck in this whole idea that white folks uh, 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 st- still are in the in the frame in the mindset where they're guilty over what we did to black folks. They, he literally said that, right? I'm like, you should be guilty. You should still be stuck because you ain't you haven't properly reconciled it. You can't just sweep that. Oh, we're sorry, we're sorry, and then keep going. No, I. 
indemnification has to take place. Mm-hmm. Right? Recompense has to be granted. You got to do something about what you did to me. It ain't just enough for you to say that. So it takes, it takes both parties. But it, it has to, if I had to say where it would have to start one place, it would have to start with black America. Because we, we, have, we, have, we have enough. It's 45 million of us now. We have enough. We have enough. See, I believe one of the reasons why it took God 400 years before he delivered Israel is so that they can grow as a nation. So that they can grow in a nation in quantity and in quality. They could grow as a nation. The reason it took God 400 years for us here in America so that we can grow as a nation. Yeah. We're at a point now where we got 45 million of us. That's more than enough to get what we need. That's more than enough. So, but we just got to be able to come there. I don't even think we need all 45 million to be quite frank with you. I was about to say, because how, how many of those millions are actually in jail? Well, right. You got, you got over a million. There's over, I just heard a number recent. There's over a million black men in prison. Over a million. But the point is, the point is, there's enough of us. Now, there's a, we have enough strength. We have the resources. We have the intellectual power. Now, we have the wisdom. We have the know-how to get what we need to get. Okay, question. Yeah, go. Okay. So you say it needs to start within the, the black community, the black church. However, you just spoke a couple of minutes ago about how you can see the, the black man and the black woman, how it's some divisiveness that's going on with that. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you should say? What what are some some things that you would say that us as black women need to take notice of? And and how how do we actually protect our black man even if we have been hurt in some way by right. a black man? Well, uh, I think again, salvation comes in first and foremost. What what, what the Bible says the first thing that takes place when you give your heart to the Lord is that the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. So you have a love there that loves in spite of and not because of. Um, I think we talked earlier, I completely understand the black woman's position and not feeling as if she can depend and trust the black man. I completely understand that, right? Well, it, it wasn't built that way. For, it's right. been that way for years. But now. you got to empathize with the black man as well. Yeah, right. We've been under attack for 400 years. Right. Right. We've been, we've been put in a position where we had to outwork and work twice as hard as the average white, white person, right? So, you know, empathize with us a little bit. I get your position and, you know, because most black women have in some shape, form or fashion been abused or misused or, you know, uh, done wrong by a black man. I get that. I understand that, right? But, but show us a little empathy and, and, and don't, that don't mean you got to stop fighting for us because guess what? You, you, we, we both still black people. Right. We still we still come from the same right. from the same place. We still got to unite. Right. And and I get it. And I'm for you. I'm for your exaltation. I'm for your progress. I'm for you being made whole and being made strong. I'm for you. Yeah. But don't stop being for me. Don't stop being for me. Right. Because of the position you have now, um, you can now go in there and fight for the black man now and say, listen, OK, we got you here as black as black women, women power and all those things. Uh, but but but. Now let's bring up, let's bring him up, let's bring him with us, yeah. right? So part of what has to happen is there has to be a, a voice of reason within the, and, and we'll say the feminist movement or the feminist mind to, um, to, you know what? Even though he ain't been what he's supposed to be, he ain't done what he's supposed to do, and he done did this, and he done did that, and he done said this, you know what? He still, he still belong to us, and we're going to pull him up. We're going to pull them up and, we, and we're going to bring them alongside of us. Right. Um, but I still do believe, though, that there's a there's enough. There's enough black men. If we unite. 
that we can, uh, by, by ourselves, we can, we can stand up and we can make stuff happen. So again, it comes down to black America really unifying. I believe it starts with the black church, right? And so that has to happen. We can't allow, we can't allow the, um, the universal principle of divide and conquer, um, to 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 separate the black man from the from the black woman, we just can't allow it. Now it kind of that, that kind of reminds me of like a like a Queen Esther sort of feel, like like Queen Esther was in position. It was a woman that was in position in order to save her people. So it's right, kind of right, right. Well, well, no, no. That that, that you right on. See, that's Bible. And and what did what did uh, her uncle say to her? He says he says mm-hmm. for such a time as this, yes, right. has God raised you up? Now guess what? If you don't do it. He'll raise up somebody else. Right. He'll raise up somebody else. So don't get so high and mighty, black woman. Don't get so high and mighty now that you're being elevated and exalted and you, you know, you do everything from the vice president to whatever because God has raised you up for black America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think the mentality and really the perception of it needs to be, you know, black women, black women standing up for black families. Because ultimately, that's that's the strength of the black community. That's what's been the strength of the white community for this entire time. Right. Right. So when we think about what we're actually fighting for, white families are comfortable. Right. Politicians make it that way when they think about how they're going to empower the black community. Yeah, we'll take the women. We'll take the ones that have been dependent on us for years. We'll take the ones that have that have been, you know, uh, uh, sort of empowered to be independent and stay away from the black man and, and all that stuff. And, and we'll we'll take them with us. But that that needs to change from the, you know, the black woman seeing it as uh empowerment to kind of seeing it as a slight they're only taking half the black community with them you know what i'm saying why is it okay for white families to be empowered but black families can't be empowered but then you the, only you only want our women yeah in the feminist mind it, they, the feminist mind won't function like that the feminist mind will function like well you've suppressed me you've held me back you've held me down now it's my time and i'm, I'm gonna fight There's with nothing you wrong that. with that no no i'm not gonna fight you about that but i go back to what says just said the esther principle Listen, God has raised you up for such a time as this mm-hmm. to help your people, right? Look to help your people. But the problem is, problem is you, got, you got a movement, Black Lives Matter, that wants to change the structure of, the nuclear, of what the nuclear family is all about. They want to eliminate the, the, heteros, the heterosexual mind. They want to eliminate the, uh, I can't think of the verbiage they used. It's called the, um, uh, the, uh, the traditional family unit structure, something like that. Basically, the man, that's what's called the patriarchal mindset. In other words, the man don't have to be the head of the family. Like, he don't have to be at the top, right? They, they want to eliminate that whole idea of what the traditional family or the God-ordained family structure should look nothing like. nothing biblical about that right. at all. What the God-ordained structure should look like. The God-ordained structure, it's, it's, and listen, listen, take it up with God. But it is, it is the, the, the male, the male aspect of the man, because remember he made male, both male and female, the male aspect, which was created in divine, in a more masculine, physical, structural way, was to be the head, right? And that don't make the woman the tail. Right. Right? That just, that just for the sake of order. She's part of the head as well. She's part of leadership as well. She's true, the neck, as they like right. to say. <laughs> true, true, true leadership in the household is both by the male and the female, the husband and the wife. True leadership is with, within both of them. Is when they come together and they lead the family. That's how it's supposed to be, yeah. right? But for the sake of them having order, 
God says, listen, I'm going to put it, I'm going to structure it like this. That, that ain't, the, I, don't get mad at me, right? I'm not going to abuse that. I'm not going to misuse that because I'm going to let you lead and I'm going to let you be you and I'm going to let you develop and be the woman that you're supposed to be. That's why we can come together and work together. Well, you know, it's a part of that whole, that whole structure. It just, it just got to come together and it starts with the word of God. Well, you know what, when, when I think about it in the line of work that I'm, I'm in, I see a lot of applications that come across mm-hmm. my desk and there are far more many single female households. Yes. So when, when you think of women who have been, you know, taking, taking control of their households and having to raise men to be husbands, I don't even want to go there. <laughs> but when, when you think of how many single female households there is, it may not just be the feminist movement that you have to think about, but even those households that's like, listen, I need a man since I've been here. So what are you right. talking about? Right. So, so we, we, we have to look at both sides. No, they may not be a feminist, but they've been doing this without right. a man. Well, and that's all, that's all a part of the whole idea of if we can get the, if we can get the black man in a position where he's not being the man that he's supposed to be, the woman, I mean, I mean, I mean, listen, I, I got a love for the black woman and listen, she is a very strong and powerful individual. No doubt about that. Like she's created in the image and likeness of God, just like the man is, the male is. She created with gifts and talents and power and, and, and uh, intellectual power and, and, and most, more importantly, in, in emotional power and intuitive innate ability to do things that, that a man can't do. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking nothing away from her. She is, she is, listen, listen, she is a special and a unique and a divine creation. Because who but, would you be without that? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Where would I be? But that's like, that's like saying that I want to live my whole life in a city without a car. It's like, yeah, okay, you wait, can wait, do wait, it. Wait, you, you can oh. do it. <laughs> and it takes, a, it takes a great level of strength to do it. Yeah. But yeah. why would you want to do it the harder way? Right, right. You know right. what I mean? You can have a helpmate. You can have someone who can... It, okay, if the man is being a man... Okay, okay, I'm right? about to say. I, okay. I, let's, let's get that straight. If the man that, is that being man a man... could be a fourth child for not, you. Right. We ain't man? talking about boys. We okay. talking about men. Okay. We're talking about black men, right? Mm-hmm. So... You know, I, I think I think it, it, it always bothers me. It sits in a bad place within me when 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 I see that kind of broad brush go across all male species. You know what I'm saying? I, I yes, you had bad experiences, yeah, but but where, where's your faith? You know what I mean? It, it, are you gonna faint and just say, "Well, screw all black men"? That's probably not the way to go. Well, you know what? How about this? What is the black church's role for dealing with? Our situation when it comes to even the the black man and and the and the black woman, like we got to build up the black man. We got to teach him, right? <laughs> well, no, that's where it starts. That's what I'm saying. The, the see, the key to it is having the economic base. See, I can't I can't be the man, the 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 whole man. I can't be. I, and, and it sounds so simple, but the Bible says the way is so plain. A fool need not error. A feast is made for laughter, and wine make it merry. But money is the answer to all the problems and things we face in in the realm in which we live in here in the earth. I, without an economic base, I can't be the whole man God has created me to be. He designed it that way, hmm. right? So the first thing we as a church should be teaching black men is how to build wealth, mm-hmm. how to build wealth, how to make, how to manage, and how to multiply money. Because once you have the money, now that eliminates a lot of the perils. There's what I call the perils of poverty. That eliminates those perils. Jesus' war was with poverty. God's war was with poverty. 
His war today is with poverty. Poverty is the peril. If the devil can have his way, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The ultimate end that he comes is to bring you, to impoverish you. Because if he can impoverish you, now you're desperate. Now you're dependent. Now you're deficient. Now you're defiant. Now, you're de now, now you need people. But if I'm a black man and I'm economically strong, I can be the man God has called me to be. Now I can support. I can be, I can be the protector. I can be yeah. the provider which is the most important two things for a man to be as a protector and a provider. Now I can be that to you. Now, 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 now I'm not walking around frustrated and distressed and, and in debt. Now I'm not walking around in, 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 in turmoil in my mind. And then eventually I'm going to take it out on you. Right? So the black church focus got to be on building up the black man. Got to be building them up as, 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 as a nation building us up and getting us to the point to where, man, that's why the fight, the fight, and it's going to be hard. I'm telling you, it's going to be hard because everything is against the black man coming out of his economic hole. That's why we got to have reparations. Yep. That's why we got to have it. Yep. It's due to us. Imagine if our ancestors who built the economic structure of this country was getting paid and they were able to pass down to us land and property and inventions and, and, and wisdom and intelligence. Imagine if they were able to pass all that down to us. What you see in white America, you'll see in black America because that's how they did it. They passed it down generationally mm -hmm. where they've been passing down generational wealth, generational blessing. Black America have been passing down the opposite. Okay. Here go a question. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> okay. What is it about white America that um, once, once, a, once a black man has that economic status and we, we've all heard it in many different ways. But what is the appeal of white America that once a black man hit a certain economic status, he goes over there to sometimes pick his mate rather than keeping that into the black household? Well, you know, I come out of that world, right? Okay. Being a former professional athlete, I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, you had a lot of black athletes with white women. You have that. You, you have know? a lot of what? You had a lot of black athletes who are economically stable mm -hmm. with white women. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, it, Unfortunately, I wasn't saved at the time, so I didn't put the thought into it. But I did used to think. I did used to think, like, like why is that? But I didn't have no relationship with God, so I was just trying to reason it in my own mind. Mm -hmm. Like, why, why is that? Right? I used to think about that. The only thing I could come up with at that particular time was the the being around a couple of my teammates who had uh, who was with had white wives or white girlfriends was the one thing that I noticed growing up in Detroit, Michigan, you know, living and going to college, going to school in Illinois, right outside of Chicago. Like I've been, I've been in black all my life. Right. And I've been around black women all my life is, is when I, when I finally got to that level and I was around, I was around white women, you could see there is a, there is a difference in how they respond to, um, to male leadership. Right. Generally speaking, now you don't have that as a whole with black women and as a whole with white women. Right. Generally speaking, you know, that's more appealing to some of the black men. When I would ask them, like, bro, why, why, why not? Why you got your system? Why, you know, man, man, I ain't got time to be dealing with, you know, you know, how they feel like a black woman might talk to them. Mm -hmm. Right. But again, you got to understand our black women's frustration. Exactly. Mm. I mean, man, listen, man, listen. Man, I, man, y'all, man, you need to be taking care. You supposed to be taking care of me, right. right? Right. The one thing, the one thing. Oh, I want to read this. I, I do want to read this. The one thing that I, I, I want to give her her props. I, I, I was talking. We were talking about uh, the young lady, um, uh, Pam Keith, who made the statement about 
the reason black men voted, 20% of black men voted for Donald Trump was because they don't, they don't like black women or something like that. She, she did say something that I thought, I mean, she got a point. You can't, can't deny that. Uh, I want to read it. She said something to the effect of um, somebody commented uh, to one of her posts, uh, a black man commented to one of her posts in regards to black men not owing Democrats anything, right? We don't owe them anything. And uh, she, is that it? No. And then she said, no, no, I'm, I'm not expecting black men to, you know, um, to owe the Democrats anything, but what they do owe is black women is, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, is to protect, is to provide, is to comfort. Oh, there it is, Dr. Steve Perry. Uh, Dr. Steve Perry um, out of New York City said, black men don't owe the Democrats a damn thing. We pledged our allegiance to them in numbers of far greater than any return in history and still we are an endangered species. Now the nerve of people to question that bruh's blackness because he disagreed with most of us is offensive, right? Then she responded, which I do. She said, I don't expect black men to, pre-. no, she said, I don't, I don't need or expect black men to pledge anything to anyone. I do expect black men to protect black women, children, businesses, communities, and institutions, right? Now she has a point. So the frustration of our black women is we haven't done that to the degree we should do it. Mm-hmm. But again, we got to look at the other side of the ledger. There's been a reason why. It's been a fight like never before for the black man, right? And then when you finally get a black man that has made it across that threshold and you look over there, you see him with a white woman, how you expect her to feel? How you expect her to feel, right? But, you know, um, it is what it is. It happens. And, and, and you know, um, people going to love who they love, right? But the black church got to be at a place to where once we heal, once we heal the, the injuries of slavery and the perils of poverty, now we can function whole. And until that happens, you're going to have the fractures we have and you're going to have the things that we have to deal with. Uh, that's why, that's why I believe God is fed up. He's to the point to where he's, he's tired of seeing black America be treated the way they've been treated here in America. And, and he's, he's, he's demanding, he's demanding that black America be reparated now or we're going to have to deal with the laws aboard. So when it comes to the black church, what you say the first thing we have to do is heal first before we can even educate ourselves. About yeah, there has to there, there has to be a healing. I think it, I believe it can happen simultaneously. I believe there's a, there's a healing. You can be being healed at one point, but being educated in another point and being strengthened at the same time. I believe it happens it happens simultaneously. That there's going to be a part of you that's growing vibrantly and that's it's becoming waxing strong, but there's still a part of you that still has to be healed and nurtured yeah. and helped, right? So it happens simultaneously. We just gotta we just gotta recognize that as a people, as a black man, as a black woman. Listen, I've done things to you I shouldn't have done. You've done things to me you shouldn't have done, but we're still black and we're still in this thing together, right? And we got to come together and do it. And I think the black church, that needs to be a part of, or that I should say like this, that is the design of what the black church and black ministry should be, right? And, and, it, and again, until we do that, then it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to get, for us to get what God has for us. Um, we're in a great place right now. I really believe we're in a great place. We're in a great place with, with, with um, the Democrats taking over the White House, taking over the government. Uh, we're, we're in a great place to say, we got you where you are. It's time for you now to get us to where we need to be. Anything short of reparations, you're playing games with me. 
Well, let's see what the next four years bring. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to looking it. Looking forward to making it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody need to tell me where to stand and what to say. Right, right. right. Which line do I stand? Right. Right. That's it. Well, I need right. to hit with this rock. You know? right. <laughs> Something. That, that's what it is. I mean, we got we got to we have to we have to man. We got we got to do it. And, and and I was talking to Rich the other day. We don't have to get all the states. Hmm. Michigan, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Georgia, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Illinois, the blue wall they talk about. Man, them folks get you in office, man. It would be nice if we could get Florida somehow, too. Yeah, yeah. You, you, them folks get you in office. Mm. So, you know, that's what it's about. Uh, the book the book will be out here very shortly. Um, we should have our first copies next week. We got a, we got a, we got a, uh, a very um, a unique list of people we're going we're gonna to send free copies to. That we believe that we believe need to hear this message and get this message out, and um, and we got some people that's both in government positions that that are in, you know, uh, political positions that are that are in uh, media positions that that we believe this we believe and I you know and I'm 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 surprised but then I'm not because it's God, but uh, the people who are who are who are helping me generally helping me out they're white folks, right? They've been they've been they've been evangelicals for a long time, mm-hmm. but they get it they get the message. And it's like, it's like, man, praise God. Yeah. Like, praise God. They get it, you know. Um, so uh, we, we're making some partnerships and some connections with, with the black black community. Um, you know, I wanted to go all black, but it just didn't work out that way, you know. Um, but I, 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 we're making some connections and building some relationships so that we can get, get, get the book to where it needs to be. And I really believe this is going to be a part of the um, catalytic um, movement. That's going to that's going to usher Black America into where God has designed for us to be, right? Well, praise God. Yep. Are you full? I'm full. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us for another episode of Salvation Solutions, where we believe in building wealth, maintaining health, and overcoming pro- poverty. Until next time, continue to stay safe.